Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Shut the Funk Up podcast. I am the well-fed boy, and today we are not joined by anyone. You got just me, babies. It's just me, first time in Shut the Funk Up podcast history. We're going solo dolo today, you know what I mean? Jordan is uh, in the throes of fatherhood. Um he is uh he cannot he is not allowed to get away this is uh week number two i believe with the newborn he's still trying to figure it out apparently i'm uh i'm gonna guess that uh you know his lovely wife is probably not allowing him to leave the office leave the school if you will because he's probably just been failing miserably every single day. So until Jordan gets his uh gets his shit together, starts studying for the uh weekly fatherhood tests that he's been flunking, you know it's gonna be me. Uh we couldn't get uh we couldn't get Bunyan Toe Benny to uh fill in. Oh, see here we go. This is what happens when you're when you're doing it on your own, you 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 don't have anybody else here to to tell you to turn your goddamn phone off. Um, producer Mike uh, refuses to get on the mic uh, for whatever reason. Uh, we couldn't, like I said, we couldn't get uh, Bunyan Benny in here. Bunyan Toe Benny in here. He uh, he had his other duties to 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 deal with. So you said so I said you know what? I got this. I can do this. Let's I mean maybe it'll be good or maybe it'll go terribly wrong. Maybe it'll be the most boring one and uh I'll never make that mistake again. We there's only one way to find out though, you know? There's only one way to find out. But uh episode 107 here um we've got uh I mean Feel like we're not. We haven't been able to recap any of the past couple peacocks in music here. Uh, we did Alice in Chains last episode. It was uh, actually got some good reviews on that. A lot of people are really happy with that one. I guess we. I guess we have a lot more '90s rock and uh, grunge listeners out there than I thought. But um, don't hold your breath for the. Uh, for the next uh, 90s rock band, okay? Because there was it was it was a moment in time that, you know, we kind of just don't want to revisit. You got to really pick and choose those 90s rock bands because you know, you start going through them and then you just end up at like, you know, Smash Mouth or something. I don't even know if that they were 90, they might have been a little later. We got the we got the windows open here at the Wax Museum. Um We've been having some uh, some rainy weather coming through, so we're actually we're dipping into you know seventy five territory for the weather. So there's seventy five degrees out, dips into like the lower seventies at night, and it's been raining. And honestly, I want to talk. I need to talk to the the local the local population of our listeners. I need you to. Uh, Quiet the kids down in the back and turn the volumes up on uh, 
your your car stereo wherever you're listening at because we gotta we gotta talk about something you know as most people know florida is you know it's uh we got no mountains we got no hills here so it floods a little bit you know if we get some rain you know it floods in certain types especially down in miami miami's always flooding not too not not too bad up here where the where the studio's at but down there in miami if you get like a full day of rain it's pretty much over for them like it's just roadways sidewalks are just absolute rivers now but the thing that i'm just not understanding is you know i was just like you, i turned the news on today after yesterday's rainfall which i'll i'll be the old geezer and say god we needed that we needed the rain uh but I, you turn the news on and there's just cars always cars that people leave parked in certain areas or parked on the street or some or someplace and they're underwater and like I, I was watching the news and there's a gang of people on the news half of them crying because their their cars don't work because they're actually flooded from the water and they're looking for uh you know a handout some type of GoFundMe or something and uh uh i why, why aren't you guys parking your damn cars in like somewhere else that you know doesn't get flooded if you know where you're at and you know rain's coming you gotta know rain's coming or at least maybe when the rain's happening you're like oh shit this is it's been raining for a good two to three hours maybe i should go move my 1998 honda civic you know what i mean like Go park the damn thing on like in a parking garage or something. I don't know. Like get a get a ticket from somewhere illegally park somewhere or you know or pay for the parking garage overnight fees. So your shitty fucking 2004 Acura doesn't get flooded out and then now you can't get to and from work and drive your kids to school. I don't I don't get it. Like they're looking for a handout now because now their life's ruined. Like, dude, let's think. Let's think. Of, do, you, do you like your car? Do you like where it takes you? Do you like getting to use it and go places to and fro? Well, then maybe think about taking care of that thing. Good God, people! Like, I, I, it's hard for me to sit there when I'm watching, uh, you know, these these cars just underwater and. I'm not feeling bad for you. I'm just not feeling bad for you. So just quick PSA for the local idiots uh, here in here in town. Uh, but let's get into the episode here. Um, I've got I've got a what did you learn this week? I learned about the ten cent beer riot. There was a there was a ten cent beer night promotion going on for uh, the then Cleveland Cleveland Indians, and I'm gonna say Cleveland Indians. Honestly, uh, it's one of those things that's ingrained in me in baseball, and I haven't like learned to switch it over yet. It took me about four or five years to start calling the 
the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. I was calling them the San Diego Chargers forever. So same thing's going to happen with the Clevelands. I'm going to say Cleveland Indians the many times in this story, and I don't want to hear anybody getting all uppity about it. It's just it's for, for, the, for the sake of the flow of my uh, what did you learn this week, we're going Indians, people, all right? So uh, sit down and be quiet. Um, but they ran a 10 cent beer night promotion and a little b- b- before this, they, they, they played the, uh, they played the Texas Rangers, but, uh, the week before the Indians went down to Texas and played, uh, the Rangers in their home stadium and the Indians got blown the hell out. Uh, there was like, you know, a couple bench clearing brawls in the game and then after the game the rangers manager kind of like talked a little shit on cleveland and you know said like you know it doesn't really matter when we go see him next week because no one's going to be at the game because the indians suck and so that night they happened to be doing the 10 cent beer promotion and People showed up, you know, the people said, fuck these, uh, fuck these Rangers motherfuckers. We're going to show up and it's 10 cent beer night. So we're really going to show up. So as you can expect, people started getting absolutely wasted at the ballpark. Apparently, um, you know, one of the women, there was, there was a woman in like the third inning. She ran onto the field topless and ran over to like the Indians on deck circle, just shaking her titties everywhere. And couple uh, there apparently there was like four to five uh, streakers running across the diamond. Uh, one guy was completely fucking nude, and he slid a uh, he slid he slid into second base, having having a whole good old time. A father and son apparently another ending jumped out into the outfield and mooned all the people in the bleachers in the outfield. So people were getting after it, okay? And uh, they also, they brought firecrackers to the game. They were lighting firecrackers, throwing them onto the field. Um, one of the, uh, the first basements for the Rangers, he was getting pelted with hot dogs. And then at one point in the game, he had a gallon jug of Thunderbird, Thunderbird uh, thrown at him. And for anyone that doesn't know, Thunderbird is like the degenerate, you know, malt liquor drink at like your local corner store that's like, you know, 80% alcohol comes in like the flavors that it comes in is like green blue or red you know you know you know those you know you know those alcoholic drinks are or or even like if it's like a treat some type of candy or something and if like the flavor name is uh, just a color you know that thing's gonna start that thing's gonna be smacking you know you, you just know that that candy or that malt liquor is gonna be smacking so yeah thunderbirds were like high alcohol super cheap uh, drinks and stuff that you get, but apparently this this guy brought in a gallon jug of Thunderbird. I've never even seen. That. I've only seen like the little uh, the little uh, what are they call those? Um, I don't know what they're little small glasses. Whatever they don't they don't make them that big no more. I don't even know if they they still make them. Honestly, they probably got banned. Maybe got banned after this uh, ten cent beer night. <laughs> to be honest, um, but uh, fast forward. There was a little controversial play where 
one of the uh, one of the Indians guys slid into third base with the cleats up, spiked them, called safe. Rangers pe- Rangers players are getting pissed. The uh, the Rangers were they were originally up in the game. The Indians uh, came back to tie it up, but this uh, this 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 spiking of the player it got the uh, the Rangers uh, super angry and uh, they started like kind of telling the Cleveland fans to fuck off and stuff and the fans were just absolutely drunk as shit one of them threw a firecracker into the rangers bullpen and apparently like the clouds of firecrackers from this bullpen and there was a a bunch of marijuana smoke (laughs) in the air as well and so the mood was starting to turn a little bit there um but the the bottom of the ninth hits and like I said, the Indians are rallying back. It's tied up. The, uh, the, the, the winning run is on second base. Rusty Torres is on second, second base. And now the, the crowd is rowdy as hell. They've been drinking for nine innings. This is back when they, they, did, you know, they didn't cut you off at the seventh inning. And this 19-year-old... Uh, uh, fan uh, for, for the Indians, he runs out into the field and and he and he tries to uh, grab the the ball cap of the center fielder. Uh, Jeff Burrows is his name, and apparently Jeff Burrows had a little bit of a hard time trying to wrangle <laughs> this fan in because he's pissed as he uh, you know took his hat and the guy falls over. the The player falls over. And looks like an asshole, but the the Rangers dugout they don't really see it because it's happening all the way out in the outfield. They don't really see exactly what's happening, what's going on. They just see like their guy down and the other fan like you know running around making fun of them, and like the whole crowd is like laughing. So the the Rangers, you know, they've had enough. The whole entire bench they grab bats and shit and they storm the field and then at this point the intoxicated fans are like all right let's do it like this is what we're waiting for so they go they they storm the field with knives apparently clubs they're taking seats from the stadium hurling them you know taking bottles and breaking them and throwing them at people and apparently like 200 fans surround these 25 Rangers players and there's more fans coming and it's get now it's getting like, now it's getting, they, they have them surrounded, you know, and like now we're at war and the, the Rangers are, you know, they're, they're now realizing the danger, but the Cleveland, you know, manager and the Cleveland team is like, yo, this is getting out of hand. Like these are our boys. Like we, we, we hate their guts right now. We want to beat them in this game, but you know, they're also, you know, fellow comrades in baseball. So they, the Cleveland uh, team, they grab the bats and they go out to the field to help their fellow brethren and the fans turn on them and they're fist fighting with the, with the Indian fans and they're hitting them with seats and, and people are getting knocked over. Like one of the umps had to get carted off. Um, but the, 
the the Cleveland Indians, basically their team, they had to escort the Rangers team into the clubhouse, like through the unruly fan crowd and locking the doors. And they, you know, just to barely get out of there, but they continued to ride for the next 20 minutes. Like the, the fans weren't leaving. And, uh, the, one of the umps, cause they basically were like, all right, well, this game's not going to end here. We're not going to get them back on the field. So they basically just made the decision to, uh, the Cleveland Indians had to forfeit the game and the Rangers automatically once it sounds like the ump was kind of like, yo, fuck these Indian fans. They're a bunch of assholes. So we're going to give the W to the Rangers, even though it was a tie game. But yeah, that's the, that is the 10 cent beer night riot that happened in baseball, uh, back in the seventies. And I thought that was a pretty funny and interesting story and i've never heard it at all i mean i've loved baseball i you know i consider myself somewhat of a, a well-learned and versed man in the histories of baseball but that one was fucking funny i thought um i got i got a couple uh i got some good news here actually uh that i ran into uh, I saw that I think I think it was Travis Scott. I think it was a rapper. I want to say it was Travis Scott uh, dropped out of Coachella this year. Um, he was supposed to play, but they replaced him with Daft Punk, which is kind of a big deal because Daft Punk obviously forever is in the shadows. They don't ever, you know. They pretty they much pretty much retired after their last one, their last tour and everything. They told everyone, you know, we're done. And I actually read a couple articles with Thomas Begalter, one of the one of the two in the duo. And he even like kind of doubled down recently that like, yeah, you know, Daft Punk's not gonna be making any more music just because he actually it was actually kinda interesting. He he said because of the AI stuff. He's like, you know, we were robots, you know, making music when we first started out. And he was like, and now there's actually robots making music. And he was like, there's, he's like, it, it would it'd be like kind of, you know, redundant at this point, which I thought was interesting. It was an interesting thing that I never really thought of. Um, but yeah, they're coming back to play Coachella. And man, if I was a rich man and didn't have, and I could just get on a, playing and do whatever i wanted didn't have to work for the man or anyone i would be i would so be there i don't care how much those tickets are that's that's a band that like they're not going to be like the rolling stones you know that come back like in their 70s like say like wasn't it like in the 80s or 90s like what was the 40 licks tour that you know the stones did i remember there was like the 40 licks tour in the 90s and i remember like this is it this is the last one meanwhile they were on tour like last summer those guys like continue to just I, I probably would too honestly they're probably just making gazillions of dollars every single time they wheel out onto the stage but yeah Daft Punk's coming back so if you're in the California area and you want a good time go grab uh, an astronomically large ticketed uh, ticketed price uh, Coachella at Coachella and then go see them but the other uh, good news I have 
which might be the better, in my opinion, is the better of the two. Good news is the movie Heavyweights is coming back, baby. They're making a second one. I saw uh, Keenan Thompson. Uh, he... Um, sorry, my phone keeps ringing. Jesus. Uh, he... He said that he said that they're making it the heavyweights too for sure. Ben Stiller's on board. Everyone's on board. The first one is so freaking funny. I'm sure the second one will be terrible, but that one, that one catches my interest. I'm in on that one. That that's I'll, I won't go see the theater just because I don't really do the theater thing. But uh, heavyweights two is coming back, people, and so get your deli meats ready. Uh, we've got, uh, some other, we got some other news here too. I saw that David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, he died a few months ago, but they finally released the cause of death today and they said that he died from COVID, which is one of those weird, uh, whatever the word is for it, because he, like many others, when you know, when we were, we were, when we were in the middle of the pandy wandy, and you had everyone taking sides on what they believed and what they didn't believe, and science was real or fake or. Whatever, whatever it was, honestly, it's just them trying to uh, get us all tuned up. They want to tune up the masses, and they do a good job at every time because people fall for it every single time they try to do it. But uh, that's not what I'm uh, here to talk about. I'm here to talk about David Crosby because he was one of the guys when Neil Young got all pissed about Joe Rogan on his podcast, uh, kind of like spreading misinformation. Uh, about COVID at the time, and uh, Neil Young, you know he's uh, he's an old guy. He was a big vaxxer, so he pulled all of his shit, all of his music, off of Spotify. And uh, with him, like I don't, like Joni Mitchell did it, but David Crosby, like all of Crosby, Still Nash, like all of theirs, they pulled all of their stuff too. Uh, you know, because they were they were on the side of you know fighting COVID, and then they 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 did eventually bring their their catalog back onto Spotify. Um, but I know what you're thinking, like, oh, of course, like you know, you want that check in the mail, but to really double down and just to show people, yo, we're really about this life, because they're hippies, man. These these guys were the originals. They brought this stuff back on Spotify and all the money that they made from the royalties and stuff, they gave it all to uh out of like COVID some type of COVID charity charities. I don't know. Don't ask me exactly what it is. But yeah, they they were really about that life. But then yeah, he so he died of COVID. And I think that just kinda is uh it sucks because you know he was a big, he was a big fighter against it, man. And then he got caught with a bug. I guess he got it like twice, and the second time it really put him down. And 
I just think that sucks, you know? Imagine imagine sitting there and having, you know, some type of thing that you were, some disease or something that you were fighting and raising money for and fighting and actively out there speaking against it. And there was a possibility that, like, you know, you could get rid of it. And then you end up getting it. And then you're sitting on your deathbed. I mean, I would I would be so angry. I'd be sitting on that deathbed just like, these little cocksuckers. I tried to tell them. No one wanted to, like, listen to me. And now look. Now look where I'm at. Dead. But, uh, um, I was, I've been wanting to to uh to talk about this for a while because it's you know it's one of jordan's you know favorite bands of all time but you know the news and the world it it, it moves so quickly that you know you really can't sit on news because once you once you sit on news for a couple days let alone a couple weeks it's old news baby it's old news no one uh no one gives a shit or they already know, you know, you, 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 there's nothing worse than listening to somebody talk about something that you already know, you know, that's like, well, that's the worst when you're sitting with your buddies or somebody and they're telling you about something and you're like, yeah, yeah, I know I saw that. But then they continue to tell you and talk about it, and you're like, bro, what, what did I just say? Maybe that's just a me thing though, because I also cannot stand uh repeating myself it's like i always tell people if i'm getting into a story or telling someone about something or something that i did i always preface it usually like please tell me if i've already told you this because i can't stand that when someone's when someone tells me like oh yeah so last week me and so and so went down and uh you know skipped rocks on the river and threw pennies at the at the train and you're like bro you told me that when you did it and now you're telling me it again like i can't stand that when you repeat yourself and i don't like and i like like doing it either but uh so that's why i'm not going to sit on this this information anymore but i saw that leonard skinnerd who we about i think about a month or so ago the last remaining member of uh, the original member of Leonard Skinner the guitarist died uh he um there's still Leonard Skinner's still gonna go on tour the guys like all the replacements basically the scabs if you will they they all came out and they're like all good brother we're still gonna keep torn gonna keep the memories alive because that's what they would have wanted and i'm just like i don't know about that i don't i would love to like pop up to heaven real quick or maybe hell and ask like ronnie van zant and the guys and be like yo you know they're down there just doing your shit traveling everywhere and everyone thinks it's them because most people you know let's be real most of these old farts that are going to see Leonard Skinnerd, uh, they see, they see the billboard and they think it's fucking Leonard Skinner. Some half of them know that like, you know, the lead singer died like a long time ago and was replaced by his brother or whatever. But they think like, it's still like the band. And 
So like, I don't know if I don't know if Leonard Skinner would be a little would be happy about you guys keeping the memory alive because at this point, I think they should if they're gonna do that if they're gonna go around and they're gonna tour, they need to make sure on the marquee it says Leonard Skinner cover band because that's what you are now at this point you are a glorified cover band so i don't know how i really feel about leonard skinner continue continuing to tour see that just even goes back to kind of what i was saying with this the rolling stone stuff too these i mean these guys these bands i mean this band isn't even around anymore and they're still touring it's like bro you're not even the band and you're still touring after when you should really shouldn't be touring at all because you guys are all old. I mean, the idea of going to a Stones concert or a Larry Skinner's concert or, you know, I don't even know. Maybe if you, you go see who's a, who's one of those bands that are always you always see touring like the zombies. You know, you always see like every every few years you always see the zombies are playing at your like local shitty theater. Because uh, they definitely are not getting booked at any reputable event uh, space. Um, and uh, they're just, they're, they're not, they're, they're not moving anywhere. They're like barely walking around on stage because they, they're just all old and they're forgetting their lyrics and they're sloppy because they're old as shit. Leonard Skinner, pack it up, dude. You're all set. You had a good run. You guys absolutely milked it. You know, no one said a thing. Everyone lets you guys milk it there at the end. But wrap it up, dude. It's over. The, everyone's dead. You know, sometimes you just got to end it. And the memory lives on, okay, on Spotify. Okay, it lives on on the internet. So I think I think it's messed up that they're still going on tour. I mean, it's all everything at at this point in the world is just a money grab. Nothing is sacred anymore, and I think I speak for Ronnie Van Zant and the boys of the original Leonard Skinnerd to um, you know play Freebird into the sunset, man. Okay, ride Freebird into the sunset and don't look back. Put the guitars down for god's sakes but let's get into this week's peacock and music uh we've got a well they're always they're always a fun one i know i say all the time this one is a little bit more of a a recent peacock i don't know how you guys feel when i do the recent peacock sometimes sometimes i hear people say get a little angry if I do a recent Peacock that like is still like making music and I haven't that you know I get uh, some people think that a Peacock has to you know be old or dead or something or not making music anymore and I just don't I don't play by those rules because guess what I made the rules for the Peacock so this week's Peacock in music is Santi Gold Santi Gold. 
September 25th, 1976, to present. Still alive. She's still kicking alt pop. I mean, she really does a lot of genres. She does electronic stuff. She does punk. Her early stuff was really punky and rock and roll stuff. Um, she does Jamaican dub stuff. She does dance hall things. She really spreads her talent around. And that is one of like, my most favorite things about uh, Santi Gold is she really can she can really do anything. She has a really unique voice in that way and knows how to adapt also as a songwriter. Um, but uh, originally named uh, born Santi White, born in Philly, Philadelphia, PA, Philly girl. She obtained... Her stage name from a friend when she was in the 90s. She um, she originally went by uh, Santo Gold. That that you know it's, it's Santi Gold, but it originally was Santo Gold was the nickname that her friend gave her, and we'll get into it with what what happened there with that. But she um, she got a job uh, for Epic Records, actually a pretty pretty sweet little job. At Epic, do an A and R. Uh, she was an A and R rep, basically. Kind of, it's kind of like an assistant, but her uh, her her title was an A and R rep. So, I uh, didn't really didn't really say too much about what she did. That's why I think she probably wasn't a traditional A and R rep. And I don't even know what A and R reps probably even did in the night. I bet I bet in the nineties, the A and R rep was like probably the last time. And they actually were working or doing stuff because now uh, finding talent is like pretty pretty easy now to do. You just kind of go on the internet. But yeah, she worked for the Epic uh, Epic Epic Records as an A and R rep. Um, but she she left doing the the A and R stuff and started producing. She produced a couple albums for a couple smaller artists um but she she didn't like she didn't she didn't she wanted to do more she she wanted to sing she wanted to like you know start belting the music so she she left the producing stuff she started uh she started uh singing for a philly punk rock band called stiffed uh they actually released uh, an ep in 2003 called sex cells and then they also had a, they followed up that EP with an album. And both of those were actually, uh, were actually produced by the bassist for Bad Brains, Daryl Jennifer. Uh, he actually produced both of those albums, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. And I'm going to have to go back. And, and, and check out Stiff because I bet it's I bet it's probably not half bad if you're getting you know some bad brains people to sign off on it. Um, uh, I'll I'll throw if 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 there's any if there's any Stiff on on uh, on Spotify I'll throw that on the the Peacocks and Music playlist so just in case for you punk rockers out there if you want to check it out. Um, but this is when she really started was after she left the punk rock scene in Philly. She started her own solo career. She called herself Santi Gold. And her first album, uh, her debut album she put out was a was a big hit. She had um 
you know, a couple like big songs on it. Less artists, L E S artists. I was, and it's always, I was, I always never know how to say that single because it's L uh, period E period S period and then artiste artistes. I don't know if it's less artistes or the L E S stands for something. I don't freaking know, but it's a great damn song, and the album was uh, produced by Diplo. And, uh, and at this point, Diplo, cause I remember, I remember this was about 2007 when she, when they, when that album came out and Diplo, I saw Diplo for the first time when I was a freshman in college. So that was 2006 and we and my buddy, actually Scott, uh, listener to the pod, shout out to Scott. We went to a, and Scott will probably text me if I get this wrong, but I believe the name of the festival was called Harvest Harvest of Hope or Harvest for Hope. And it was kind of like a hippy-dippy festival down in St. Augustine. And I think, I think the qualifications to get into the festival was like, you bought a $20 ticket and then brought a couple of cans of soup or something. And then you were allowed in like, it was like, it was something like that. But we went down there to see Diplo cause Diplo was kind of, you know, he wasn't the Diplo that you know now. He definitely was not like the Diplo that you know now. He wasn't as big at all. He was, I mean, he was, he was getting big, but he was not as big as he is now. And he definitely wasn't doing the music that that diplo does now like you know now he's like a house dj and electronic stuff i mean he was delving into that stuff at you know back then but it wasn't that wasn't his like main forte but diplo and switch who was also again at the time not really a well-known producer as well but diplo and switch uh, actually this is the first time where they meet uh, while producing this album for Santo Gold and Diplo and Switch are actually they go on to collaborate together in their own right as Major Laser, which I'm sure a lot of you guys know Major Laser out there. They were they had a they had a moment they had a, they had a moment uh, probably ten years probably like ten years ago now but yeah Major Laser had a moment in the electronic DJ world scene but yeah Major Laser is Diplo and Switch and they actually met on this project. Um, so yeah, first album, huge success. And, uh, she followed it up pretty quickly with a mixtape that she did with just Diplo and it's called, uh, top ranking, uh, a Diplo dub and Diplo at this point that, that, that was when he, you know, again, you know, kind of goes back to the major laser, major laser stuff because, you know, they were very reggae heavy sound. But Diplo was really into like dub music. It was really deep into dub music. And uh, Santa Gold, you know, she she could do anything. So he asked her to get uh to get on this this dub album that he was gonna do. Uh, he was gonna do all instrumentals, but he decided, uh, you know, let's I'll I'll have Santo Gold get on get on, on on these tracks and stuff. And it was it's great album. I actually still have it. I still have the CD to this day. 
uh, Diplo uh, Top Rankin. It's a really, really great mixtape. If you like, if you're into, you know, a different type of music, or if you're a reggae fan, especially if you're a dub fan, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Top Rankin. It's uh, or ranking, but I use Top Rankin, you know, as they say in the patois. Um, uh, it's a really good album that Diplo and Santo Gold uh, linked up on. And uh, she, uh, but after this, after that album, she had to change her name. And it was funny because I remember when she had to change her name and it was right. I don't know if people remember, but it was right when there was a lot of people back in like, you know, the late 2000s. There was this huge rush of people getting into the gold uh, industry, and they were they were buying your gold. Like, I guess gold had was like worth a lot at this point, and it was like the housing crisis was happening. So there was a lot of these infomercials and people that were like, "Oh, you in debt? You need money? You know, is like the economy fucking you? Do you have gold? You got some old earrings? You got some uh, some wedding rings?" That uh, they're like, yo, sell them to us. We'll give you top, we'll give you top dollar for it and shit. And I always remember this one infomercial and the the name of the company, uh, or the shop or whatever it was. They were called Santo Gold, and it was always like, call Santo Gold at one eight hundred blah 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 blah, and we'll buy all your shit up. And I always thought that this gold company was the reason why Santi Gold changed her name because she was either getting sued or people were mixing the two up when they were doing Google searches. But actually, that wasn't true at all. It's actually a really fucking stupid thing, and I think it's such bullshit. She had to change her name because the producer of the film the 1958 came out in 1958 people uh film called santo gold's uh a blazed uh circus santo gold is blades blade circus in 1958 the producer and director of that film uh, brought a lawsuit against her and was suing her for her infringement which is absolutely hilarious because Hey, dude, no one knows who you are. No one's looking up your film. And if anything, her name might even just help you. I I thought it was hilarious when I finally figured out that that was the, why I should do the name change. I don't know where this guy uh, gets off thinking that his uh, stupid film is even remotely in the conversation of uh, importance. But... Now, Alex is gonna have to go search for that uh, for that movie, and he's gonna have to watch it because those that's the weird shit he does. He likes to watch old movies like that. Alex is not above watching a black and white movie. His uh, his father uh, recommends them to him all the time, and he goes and he watches them. And some t- usually they're pretty bad, but every once in a while you'll get a good one. Uh, uh, my father and I actually this weekend sat and watched the johnny carson show we watched like seven eight episodes of the johnny carson show we were laughing our dick off because i'm an old soul like that baby i'm an old soul like that but 
back to the Peacock, back to Santigold. So she changes her name from Santo Gold to Santigold. Uh, all good. Everything goes off without a hitch. Uh, none of it matters because the music speaks for itself, baby. Uh, in 2011, she releases her third album, uh, which uh, the single uh, features Karen O of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and it's produced by Q-Tip. Um, again, a lot of success on the third album. Again, she she had a she had a good run there. She, I, I would say her 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 first three to four uh releases all like especially in the indie scene because this was time this was the time when blogs ruled the freaking world like everybody you know everyone has a podcast now back then everybody had a blog i had a blog you know back in you know 2006 to 2012 or something like that it was called it was called freezer jams uh actually i bet you could still find it on the internet it was freezerjams.blogspot.com uh, I think it was I think I used blogspot was the was the hosting uh, website I used but yeah I had a, everyone had blogs and everybody was talking music and this was kind of the wild wild west uh, of music and on the internet because you could download shit you know the, the, the policing wasn't there yet so I remember all the like, like you know a few times a week I would blog about an artist Kind of say it was similar format as what uh, as what I do now with with this podcast, but it was more in a blog. It was more in a writing setting, and I talk about the artist a little bit. And then I would I would post like three or four you know top songs that you could play right there off of the page, and then you could download it too if you wanted. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And I remember I had a notebook full of like twenty different blog names. And every like every few days, I would go through each one of those, um, each one of those websites, and go and and find new music because every single day, a track or you know some artist or some DJ or somebody was was releasing uh, singles or remixes. This you know remixes were huge. This is when remixes were blowing up. Um, and it was all free because no one knew how to police it, and they didn't know if it was illegal or not. They didn't know like, oh, yeah, I'm just remixing it. I'm not, you know, I'm not making any money off it. I'm just putting it out there for free. So, uh, uh, it was it was a fun time. And if you're if you're actually if you're interested in any of that type of that that wild wild west of uh, of blog of blog music, I actually have a um, a really cool playlist. That is a collaborative one that it was with me, uh, Scott, and one of our other friends, uh, Nick Fresh, uh, DJ Nick Fresh, um, and we posted like all those top like indie electronic remix blog songs because it was such an absolute time capsule. Um, it's called. I'm trying to think. Of, I think it was. I think it was called. I think the the playlist is called the hype hype the hype machine a moment in time or something like that just type in hype machine because hype machine for people out there that you don't know hype machine was like this amazing amazing website in place where you could go and you could google you know artists and songs or whatever it was basically like the google for independent 
free our music and then it would show you all of the websites like that song or that artist is on you could go there and then you would go rip the song from it it was it's and then you can or you could play it off of there it was just an absolutely amazing website i don't even know if the hype machine is still around that thing like literally was like my guiding light for so many freaking years in college um man i'm sorry i'm getting off track there uh but Yes, yeah, so the Karen O was is featured on the single. And it's produced by Q-Tip, but the whole album, that third album, the whole album is produced by David David Sytek of TV on the Radio. So again, she hits, she nails it again, and that's the one thing that was is really cool about Santa Gold is she collabed with so many. Not only so many people, but so many cool ass people. Like, and and I think that's a testament to uh, you know her chameleon skills as a singer. She really knows you know you know the different type of genres, what to do on them. And I mean, she hooked up with Mark Ronson and and just tons and tons of really cool on the nose people. Uh, back then and still now like she always she still gets major major uh names for her albums and, and features and produce producing credits she's it's it is the, the the list of collaborators and people that she's worked with is absolutely astonishing um uh but just a couple more here to round it to round it out there's no tragic ending here sorry spoiler alert um but she went on a little small musical hiatus for a little bit there um but she came back in 2000 in like, uh, what was it? 2000, like 19 or maybe it was like 17. She came back from the hiatus and uh, came out with a, a great album called Spirituals. And again, there's a like, there's a who's who of, you know, collaborators on there. Uh, including Rostam. I always forget this guy. I'm going to butcher his name, but this is a name. When you see this guy on the producing credits, there's pretty much a 99% chance that the song and or album is going to absolutely rock. His name is Rostam Batmanjili. And he's basically the keyboard player. He was the keyboard player for vampire weekend. And, uh, he really, I, I think he's still in Vampire Weekend. Not that Vampire Weekend really tours or puts out too many albums anymore. Um, partly, probably because Rostam's probably always uh, busy doing shit because he produces a lot of other people's stuff. But he's the man. When you see him on the producing credits, Rostam, that it's it's gonna be a good song. He he's an amazing, amazing producer. He's got just a litany of credits. Of people that he's worked with um super super talented guy but also on that album you've got boys noise uh collabed on there you've got nick zinner nick zinner for anyone out there who doesn't know he's the guitarist and also kind of like you know the head band you know producer head the the main the main concept guy behind the yeah 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 he's the guitarist for the yeah yeah but he's also like the producer you know, for him and, you know, kind of like writes all of the, the musical side. Karen does like, you know, the lyric side, but yeah, Nick Sinner collabed on that one. Subtract collabed on it. 
and a ton of other people. But yeah, that is uh, that's your peacock and music this week. Uh, Santi Gold, uh, check her out. She's she's super super talented, super amazing, um, and and really eclectic. So I, I think you'll be able to find something from her uh, if 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 you if you if you if, if you listen long enough. But before we go here, and uh, I hope you guys are. I hope I'm not boring you too bad. I know I, I I feel like this. People are just like, God, this guy needs to bring somebody back. Or maybe that's just me being insecure. Who knows? Um, but before we go, we got to talk about this. We I mean, last week, you know, we had our off the John Rocker with Kid Rock. Off your John Kid Rocker. He's uh, He was a new, the newest member uh, for his antics. And, you know, it's been a while since we had so we we were we went on a good run there no off your john rockers but i guess you know the summer months are coming back in and people are getting rowdy again and we've got a we've got to we've got to induct another another member into the off your john rocker and i don't have anybody here to you know vote on it with me but i don't think i need it i, I really don't think i need it with this one um uh, I just want to congratulate the newest member uh, to the Off Your John Rocker, the Dalai Lama. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, bud. You know, it took a while because as everyone knows, any type of ma- any old male type of spiritual leader or religious figure, if you're an old male and you're in one of those categories, there is a very, very high percentage that you are a sick fuck. Um, This week, the Dalai Lama, you know, he came out and he apologized because, and there's footage, there's disgusting footage of this, of this absolute animal. Of a, and, I, and that's not me trying to do a Dalai Lama joke there either because I could easily do a nice Dalai Lama joke calling him an animal because he's a disgusting fuck, uh, but I won't because this is a serious matter because a seven-year-old boy, he made a seven-year-old boy suck on his tongue. Yeah, he got real creepy with it. He's had the boy like all up in his face, practically almost kissing him. I think he was kissing him on the forehead. He was doing some weird shit. And then he uh, he says to the boy, hey, suck on my tongue. And he sticks his tongue out as if it's like some type of ring pop or some some weird shit. And, uh, you know, seven-year-old boy thinks he's about to get like, you know, the hand of the tongue of God, you know, and go straight to heaven after he's done with this and get some enlightenment. But all he got was embarrassment probably when he went back to the schoolyard because this sick old man, uh, you know, wants to diddle kids and he's trying to put on a farce. Uh, so welcome. Welcome, Dalai Lama. Welcome to the Off Your John Rocker. Um, you know, we're two weeks in a row. Like I said, this was, a, this was an easy one. We got the footage. There's the audio. You can see it. There's the video. Um, and you're, you're, you're an animal. Okay. You, you belong in a, in a cage. You, we gotta, we gotta cage up these animals 
and keep him away from the kids because that kid most likely will grow up and will be traumatized and something there's a good chance that you know something not good is going to come out of these past seek uh memories that he's currently probably burying he's probably right now burying them using food or something but in about 15 to 20 years he'll be in a therapist's office and he will see he the, the light bulb is going to go off he's going to break through like the fourth wall and it's going to be it's going to be tough for him so we're rooting for future uh for the future of that boy for sure but dalai lama you can go kick rocks. You've got, I, I don't care what you used to do or what you've done. Um, I've actually seen a couple, uh, whatchamacallits, documentaries with this guy in it where he should, I mean, this guy will just show up anywhere, you know, and, and, if, and if you're some type of spiritual leader selling books, making millions of dollars, the Dalai Lama will show up at your congregation and shake hands and, and probably kiss babies if you know what I mean. So, see you later, alligator. More like see you later, llama. As it, how about Hasalama Leka Maleka Salam Dalai Lama? You know, something like that. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go here. Uh, but that's uh, that's your episode 107. Shut the funk up podcast in the books and um. We'll get uh we'll get the co we'll get we'll get Jordan back on here you know we gotta we, he's like I said he's gotta study up and he's gotta make sure his wife knows that he you know he can get away and 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 still come back and be a responsible father and so that's on him those are things that he's gonna have to learn so and and just an update uh, the, everything's good with the baby Jordan's good I talked to him uh, mom's 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 healthy all ten toes all ten uh. All ten fingers are there. Uh, he's not getting much sleep, and we all know how our little, our our little sensitive boy Jordan needs his sleep. But uh, everything's everything's going good with them. So, but we'll get him back here. We'll get him back here um, on the show. But if we don't, uh, you know, I'll get we'll get somebody to, to fill in. I, I tried to get somebody to fill in this week, but we couldn't we couldn't get anybody. So that's why you only got me. So deal with it. See you next week.